Hello there, everybody. Welcome back. Sean Sheehan here, joined by Brad Wharton, and we are looking ahead to Rome. When in Rome, what do we do? We go to the Colosseum. We go. We, we take out our uh, our shields. We take out our things, and we have a little fight here. And that's exactly what Cage Warriors are going to be doing. That was the terrible start. But anyway, we're going to go with it. I don't know about you personally. I have a couple of Morettis and a big bowl of pasta, but you know <laughs> yeah, the other guys can do the fighting. Yeah, we do the fight. Yeah, we, we, we watch the fight and then we talk shit about it. And then let the yeah, other. I, I, I eat seafood when I'm in Rome. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love a pizza. If you're throwing one, I'm sure we'll 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 uh, get a bit of a tan and we'll we'll, we'll watch the fights. But anyway, Anyway, uh, Cage Warriors won 5-8 is back and we'd won 5-7 last week obviously myself and Brad came on and previewed it with all the talent there but the talent here is not bad either uh, we have the, the flyweight uh, title fight on the line obviously uh, in the main event we have one of Cage Warriors best ever fighters uh, coming back to Cage Warriors and we have some of the best Cage Warriors um uh, up and comers as well on this card but before we get into all of that brad and we touched on this maybe i think two or three previews ago but the um the, the inwards the that cage wires have made in certain places like obviously in ireland obviously in the uk look at the london card uh, from last week look at the london cards they've done over the last few years but it feels like Italy is the place that's really taken off in the last couple of years. And, you know, we, we, we've even seen in the UFC, but not with just Italy, but with the likes of Spain and other places in Central Europe. It feels like that is that is the next kind of emerging hub for, for MMA. And we've seen it in Eastern Europe and we've seen it in, in uh, I suppose, the Ireland and, and the, the British Isles uh, over the last while. But there's, like, there's such a history, I suppose, in Central Europe of, you know, um, martial arts in terms of like in France with the judo and in, in other places in Eastern Europe I suppose with the wrestling but with boxing and, and stuff as well uh, and Italy we all know that you know the, the history of Italy but the Italians have taken so well to mix martial arts and looking at this card there's an Italian flag in I, I think is it every matchup I think it is every matchup all but one maybe uh, or two in, in this card there's an Italian flag on it and that just shows you the level of fighters that are coming through at the moment and a lot of them young a lot of them up and coming maybe apart from the, the, the main event but what what a hub it must be so exciting for you to watch all these lads coming through and we've seen even before this happened Ian Dean was doing this by bringing Italian lads over fighting on the UK or Irish cards and making a real point of doing this and now cage are, are really set for that I suppose the Italian takeover yeah ab- absolutely you know the, the 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 Italian fighters have just been crying out for a solid platform to compete on obviously you know you go back a few years and there was Venator uh, they had some crazy shows but you know they kind of were here and then they weren't and then they're now back and very different and very small. Uh, but there just wasn't a consistency, I guess, and and not just the consistency, like the consistency on uh, such a platform as Cage Warriors, where it's on Fight Pass and you're getting seen around the world. Um, so the the fighters were chomping at the bit for it, and that's exactly what you're seeing. You know, big full cards full of uh, local talent. Uh, of course, we've got another event. Uh, in Italy this year in November, I want to say, no, October, end of October, 28th of October, I do believe. Uh, we're back in Italy. So it'll be three shows this year that, that we're doing. There was one last year and I'm sure we'll be going back again next year. Um, also, you uh, you may have seen it last week. It was announced uh, the newest Cage Warriors Academy is uh, in Italy. So there's going to be uh, September, November and December. There'll be amateur shows uh, under the Cage Warriors Academy banner. And, you know, talking to Lorenzo, who's going to be the head of the Cage Warriors Academy over there, 
he was saying last week, you know, all these guys have needed is that solid platform. And Cage Warriors have given the pros a chance to do it. And now we're giving the amateur guys a chance to do it as well. And that's the key thing, right? Because if you look at all these guys on Cage Warriors cards, you, know, you said some of the top up-and-comers. Well, you look at where a lot of the up-and-comers are coming from on this card, on the London card, on the Wales card, on the Dublin card. They've all fought at a high level as amateurs, whether that be uh, on Cage Warriors back in the day or on the Cage Warriors Academy. And it gives you that incredible start to your career. It gives you the experience of being on a platform under a spotlight against a good opponent that you know the show's going to happen and the promoter's not going to run off with the ticket money the night before. You don't have to worry about all that nonsense. You can just focus on fighting in your career. So that's what we're giving these guys. So, you know, ask me this question again this time next year, and I'm sure we're going to be seeing a flourishing Italian MMA scene with Cage Warriors at the forefront. Yeah, 100%. Like, even you look at the the cart card that they here, obviously, in Ireland, and, like, some of the guys that have emerged from that, it's crazy to even think about it. Like even obviously look at Ian Gary, but look at Reese McKee was on that card. I was like, look at Palahan went over and earned loads of money over and come back to you. And I'm sure he'll come back and maybe come to cage or maybe fight in the UFC or wherever he's going. Like loads of, loads of different guys. It was a John Mitchell on that card as well. And like, the, yeah, yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's, it's great to have that bit because it's funny. I always, sometimes that, you know, the, the, the yourselves or one of the other promotions to hand out like a sheet and we write our notes on it before every event. And sometimes I just kind of throw them in there and I look at them and I see an old one from years ago and I'm like oh that guy went there or that guy went there and it's always interesting to see that because they almost like they almost always do because to get on a cage warriors card you have to get through Ian Dean basically and Ian Dean to see and know that you are a good fighter and he's not putting you know bums on these cards or anything like that so a lot of the time it does get through that and you know I think that's kind of the guarantee when you watch a cage warriors card you're going to see okay you mightn't see 10 UFC champions on the card, but you might see one guy that you think, oh shit, this guy is going to be UFC champion. And do you know what? There's one guy on this card who I think might be that. We'll get, we'll get to him in a second. Um, let's start at the main event. And I, like, this is a very interesting main event. You know, Michelle and Martignoni, uh, the, the champion at the weight class above. Are we calling this a super fight? I, I like, He's not the champion anymore, but he was the champion in his last fight, going down to fight the 125 pound champion. I, I think I, I think I'm okay with calling this a super fight. He obviously opened up the division for his teammate. Ken Locker had different plans there, but anyway, we move on. Um, and what a fight this is because you know you mentioned there. And we spoke about it last week as well about cage warriors given the the platform for guys and like even when they get knocked back in that platform with a couple of losses, they have the ability to climb again. And I think we just spoke about Martin Young there, but Shaj Hack, like he lost the three guys in the middle of his career. They're Tagiro Lembekov, Zalas Amagulov, Jake Hadley, all end up in the UFC. But no problem, he went down a 5-5 win streak and won the title again, you know? That's the type of thing you can get from Cage Warriors. And against a guy like uh, Michele Martignoni, who, you know, who lost to Nathan Fletcher in the middle there, was able to climb back and win the title again. It just shows you where these uh, two uh, two guys are, where guys can come together. But also, it's no longer, even though they're not, you know, especially Martin Young, he's not that many fights into his career, only nine fights into his career. Obviously, Shaj Hack is, is uh, more experienced, but they've reached a point in their career where they've had that setback. They have learned what they need to learn, and now they're at a point where it's one of the best fighters in, in uh, well, you know, one of the best fighters in the division against one of the other best fighters in the division. And it's going to be a real battle, this one, isn't it? Because like coming down a weight is not easy either. And, and meeting a guy like Shashak, who's well used of it and well used to pushing that pace over five rounds, it makes for an interesting fight. 
Well, you know, you have to look at what Martin Yoni was doing before he fought for the bantamweight title, and he was fighting at flyweight, right? He he, he was going up and down. His, his early career, uh, when he fought in Bellator, I, I believe both his Bellator fights were uh, were flyweight fights. Uh, I might be wrong there, but I'm sure the internet will correct me. Um, he's got big knockout power at flyweight. He's fought flyweight in cage warriors. He's fought catchweights in cage warriors. Uh, you know, and he went up and and won the title in in a huge fight against Don Wooding, uh, which on which he put an incredible performance on withstood some huge blows in, in the first two rounds looked like he was seconds away from being put out of the fight and, and then he you know he goes on to get a unanimous decision victory um the, the first ever italian cage warriors bantamweight champion to do it in the first show in italy in the main event was absolutely huge and then a very selfless uh, thing because you know you talk about a super fight martin yoni could very well have come into this fight uh, with that bantamweight strap, bantamweight strap on his shoulder as well, he he gave up the belt. He walked away from it so his teammate could have a title shot. You know, you you can't really fault the man for doing that. That's it's an incredibly selfless thing to do in a very selfish sport. So all credit to Martin Yoni for doing that. Um, but you know, he feels comfortable at flyweight, and and he's he's coming to try and uh, make lightning sw- strike twice. I know his nickname's the Italian Thunder, but you know, it's it's the, the lightning striking twice with this one. He wants another Cage Warriors main event. He wants to be the first Italian flyweight champion, uh, and he wants to do it at the expense of another very dangerous guy in Chad Jack. You know, Chad, he's been around for such a long time. I remember, I think it was his Cage Warriors debut against Paul Marin back in the day. He was one of my favorite fighters from from 10 years ago in Cage Warriors. And, you know, Shadj was, uh, you know, he was on the receiving end of a wrestling clinic in that fight, but he rebuilt his career. He, he came back, as you said, you know, lost to Jake Hadley in Cage Warriors. Uh, Jake Hadley, obviously, absolute beast in the UFC now. And he rebuilt his career and came back. And to stop Sam Creasy and the way he did, picking himself up off the canvas twice, I believe, in that fight on New Year's Eve, and then stopping a guy like Sam Creasy, who, who's one of the top uh, flyweights in Europe for many, many years, just speaks to how good Chad Hack is. I think Martin Yoni's really got his hands full here. I, I don't think um, he should be coming into this fight thinking, you know, I've got the home crowd advantage. He's coming into my backyard, and he's been the guy who's been around forever, and it's my time now. I, th- I think if he is thinking that, it's a dangerous mindset. He needs to be prepared uh, for five very, very hard rounds here, because I think that's exactly what Shad Shack is going to give him. A hundred percent. Because you look at Shad Shack's record and I only see one finish here uh, in his, uh, uh, in his record. And, and that is to, uh, that is to the aforementioned Jake Hadley. So it's, he's not a guy you're getting out of there very, very easily, you know, and that's in what, uh, 20 fights, you know, that's a, yeah. that's a lot of he, talent. He's a in very the smart fighter. I, I mean, I, w- I was shocked that Creasy was able to drop him multiple times because, again, you don't really see that uh, against Shaj because he's such such a smart, technical, you know, re- just a really astute guy. So, you know, we all know what Martignoni's game plan is. He's going to want to come out and put those fists on you. So very, very interested to see uh, which way this one ends up going. Do you get the sense that it's hard to tell with Shaj sometimes? As you, know, as you said with Martignoni, we kind of know what he's going to do. A lot of the times, you know, you'd expect, oh, he's going to come out and maybe wrestle against a guy like Martin Young or, or anyone would. But, like, sometimes Shazak kind of fights in that, not necessarily an outside game, but he'll throw that long jab at you and, you know, make himself hard to hit more than anything else. Could we see that, or do you think he's going to try to wrestle heavy against uh, against Martin Yoni? I think we're going to see Shaj adapt to the situation because you never know what Martin Yoni is going to do either. Yeah, he's going to be coming in looking to put the power on you, but he's going to be fighting, you know, even though he's the one coming down, Shad, I think he's going to have a bit of reach on him, a bit of range on him. And look, he's done his homework, right? He knows how smart Shad Chak is. So maybe he doesn't go rushing in 
trying to get an early finish this time. Uh, and and the, as you say, the good thing about Shadji is, yes, he can wrestle or he can stick on the end of his jab. Like he's got the tools and more importantly, he's got the experience. He's not a young kid, 21, 22 years old, who's going to be making silly mistakes, who's going to be caught up in the moment. He he thinks this is his time. He believes he's the number one uh, flyaway outside of the UFC and he believes a win here is going to get him into the UFC. So I think we're going to, we're going to see a very measured uh, astute shout chat going into this one. It's an interesting one. Can I just ask you about the 125 pound division in general and like maybe over the last few years because you may have a better sense of it obviously being uh, seeing the backgrounds with the matchmaking and signing people and so is it harder to get 125ers and to sign them up and to like because the people who have 125 divisions are mad to sign their fighters and like a lot of the a lot of uh, promotions don't have 125ers what what's your sense of that like in in terms of the level of 125ers out there because like I remember when the UFC were on about closing down the division, there was, I'm not sure what, there was one fighter out there and someone, didn't someone retire? Like one that opened coming, I was like, what's the point to me even trying, but in all this effort, maybe, you know, fighting for a lower money or whatever, if the UFC are not going to have it and Bellator don't have it and other places don't have it. Is it a little bit of a struggle and or, or has it kind of rebounded, do you think, since kind of the, the UFC have retaken the 125 pound division and it looks to be safe now? Yeah, I think at a time there was definitely a worry and there was a lot of guys thinking, oh man, I'm going to have to move up. Um, I think there's there's always going to be a bit of a bell curve. You know, you're going to get less uh, elite level heavyweights than you are elite level uh, lightweights because the average person is, you know, going to be between, you know, the, the, the average athlete is going to be somewhere between 175 pounds, 145 pounds for a bloke. That's just kind of, there's, there's going to be more people of that size, you know, you get more, uh, you, you tend to get more of the heavyweights in America, you know, guys who've been maybe football players or wrestlers in college or basketball players, uh, and that's not worked out for them and they've, they've taken up another sport. So you, you tend to get more bigger guys there. That's why you very rarely, I mean, outside of our good friends at KSW, obviously, you know, get big heavyweight divisions um, in, in the UK and Europe because truthfully, there's just not that many guys out there. And the problem you have, and it's a problem with a lot of the women's divisions in, in the UK uh, and Europe as well, especially, is that they've either all fought each other or they train with each other because there's, you know, there's so few, say, for example, heavyweight guys out there. You know, you look at Tom Aspinall's training camp and it's got half the heavyweights in the UK in it. So if you're a, a promoter in the UK trying to match these guys, it, it's not going to happen. Uh, it's not as pronounced with flyweight, but but there's certainly uh, a bit of that. But look, the division's always in good shape. And, and the good thing is MMA is becoming more and more accessible. It's becoming more and more mainstream. It's becoming more and more popular. And there are more and more people doing it now. And there, there are people who may have, you know, wanted to be, uh, I don't know, a football player who, you know, maybe they're a bit too short to be a football player and they take up jujitsu instead and then they find MMA through it. And, you know, there the, are going to be more people coming into this sport as the years go on uh, and those divisions will stack themselves naturally. 100%. Right, we are 15 minutes in and we haven't mentioned Mason Jones yet, so we're going to have to do it now. Because, <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> uh, obviously, you know, the, the Welsh card happened a few weeks ago. Everyone wanted Mason Jones on the card. He wanted on it. Obviously, when the Oban Elliott uh, fight fell out because he's obviously going over to the Contender Series and we all wish, wish Mason well, or wish uh, Oban well going over there even. Uh, but getting an opponent, and I don't blame anyone for not fighting Mason Jones on short notice, but... He, he has an opponent here now, Alexandre Ribeiro, who's an experienced guy who's had lots of fights in lots of different places. Uh, but I, I suppose Mason Jones is the story here because 
he was such an amazing fighter um, in Cage Warriors. Like, that mad fight against Joe McCulligan, like, mad in a number of different ways for the time it was on. It was literally when the whole rest of the world was closed down. It was the only sporting event on planet Earth, I think, at that time. You know. That was that was the infamous <laughs> night of uh, Graham Boylan claiming that it would take uh, many men with many tanks to uh, to shut that show down, and, and we I, all were kind of, you know, we all had our foot behind the door on that one, hoping I, I that nobody did come that. in and try to close it down. <laughs> I'm going to need to double my fee for this one, <laughs> but yeah, it happened anyway. But he wouldn't have fighting. Uh, well, know. of course, they weren't supposed to fight each other. They had different opponents. They that did, fight yeah. was made. Yeah, that was that fight was made on the week. Yeah. Uh, ab- absolutely wild, and then of course. Uh, to, I, I was completely shocked. To, it came completely out of left field uh, when I found out he was fighting Adam Proctor, uh, who's the the number one guy. Uh, uh, what, a, what a fight that was as well! All I remember is blood and guts in that one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> insane. I, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. It's legitimately for me one of the most incredible performances I've ever bore witness to in Cage Warriors. Seeing it, like sitting and seeing that play out in front of me is one of the maddest things that I've, that I've ever had the privilege of being involved with. Uh, the, the power they were hitting each other with was just insane. The size difference was wild. And seeing Mason take those shots and still come forward and be able to hurt a guy like Proctor, who, let's not forget, was really, really good. You know, top-level guy, maybe a fight or two away from the UFC himself. Um absolutely nuts you know fair play to both of them for taking that fight and mason you know he'll go down in history as one of the greatest cage warriors champions of all time a hundred percent but then he got to the ufc and um, i don't know what it was like in the ufc with mason obviously like he had what f- uh, four fights in the ufc uh ended up losing two of them another was a no contest with an eye poke and then he beat david on who is you know look at him now he's doing great things he's a very very good fighter i was surprised when he left the usc i don't know but you know by the the statement that kind of mason released at the time was he kind of did he want to leave the usc to get a few fights it felt like that way or was he released i'm not sure but like it felt a bit odd that uh, he was he would be released after you know one loss after beating David on Amman the fight before but you never know what the UFC these is uh, uh, but anyway I think right Mason Jones we, we spoke last week uh, about uh, about Will Curry and 24 years of age Mason Jones is only what 27 28 years of age still very young and like I feel like he is gonna do exactly what Reese McKee has done right go in and win your three or four fights and get back to the UFC and obviously, hopefully, by the time this comes out, Reese will be back in the UFC. But you would you would like to think that's inevitable, unless maybe the two of them end up fighting each other down the line. But we'll we'll see on that too. But I I just think it's it, this is bang set up for Mason Jones to get that extra bit of yeah you know, a bit of motivation back, but a bit of experience and a few wins, and go back to the UFC with you know like Modestus Pakowskis just did as well go back and hit the ground running as well this is a massive opportunity for Mason Jones I think there's no denying his talent is there Brad it's just about getting back in there and doing it now yeah absolutely and, and look you know Mason went into the into the UFC again it was during the that sort of pandemic era when um you know guys were getting thrown really tough fights right out of the gate you know I mean look look we've just been talking about uh Reese McKee you know, he got some ridiculously tough fights, Alex Morono and Hamza uh, for his two UFC fights. And you, know, you can say a similar thing about Mason Jones. Mike Davis, for his debut, lost a competitive decision. Uh, Ludovic Klein, very, very experienced uh, guy at high level uh, and lost a decision there. He was 
beating the brakes off Alan Patrick. Let, you know, let, let, let's let's not have it any other way. I, I hate to be that guy, but Alan Patrick, he must have thought Christmas had come early when he got poked in the eye or, or, or whatever it was. It, it was it, was it a poke in the eye? It was yeah, inadvertent poke, poke yeah, in the, the eye, wasn't round, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he was getting the brakes beat off him in, in in that fight. So you know, I think he was. I think he was more than happy for that fight to be to be called when it was. You know, for my money, that's that that's a that's a moral win on Mason's record. But yeah, he um, as far as I remember, he wanted to, to just test free agency, um, just have a little bit bit of time away. He's had a year off now, and I know he's been itching to fight. I believe there was talk of him fighting in um, in San Diego in in March of this year originally for Cage Warriors. So he was already wanting to make make a comeback around about then. Um, and then that didn't happen. And obviously, you know, we tried to match him for Wales and that didn't happen. But he, he's super happy to be fighting in Italy. Um, and he's he's got a fight, which is going to be, uh, if you're a fan of Mason Jones fights, this is going to be a Mason Jones fight. It's, it's a guy who's going to stand and bang with him, a guy who's got knockout power, who will more than happily stand in front of him and trade big punches. The, the, last, the guy's last five wins uh, come by way of knockout. Uh, you know, and he's one of those kill or be killed guys, very much like Mason. You know, you don't see Mason, you know, on his toes using all that head work. He's a he's a come straight forward. I'll punch you in the face. You punch me in the face, and we'll see who gets the better kind of guy. So this is going to be uh, this is going to be a wild one. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I watched a couple of his recent fights, and he's exactly what you said there. But I watched uh, his Ed Walls fight from maybe three or four years ago now. And you know he can fight tactically and technically well as well. So he's, you know, it's not going to be an easy fight. But I do think, I do think it's going to be an absolute banger. And like, it'd be interesting to see how Mason fights like this because like Mason can wrestle as well, like, as well as he can strike and he can do it all. And I just very good grappler. He yeah, was, um, yeah. a, a very accomplished uh, judo player as, as a youth. I believe he was a black belt uh, and competed at a, an international level. So he's got chops everywhere. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I, I think we'll be talking about Mason Jones a lot over the next uh, next year anyway, maybe before he gets back into the UFC, but there'll be plenty of time to do that. Um, let's talk about a big fight for, for Irish MMA here, and it's been an, a wonderful time for Irish MMA, but Leon Hill is taking on uh, Demetrio Gillian, whose name I definitely uh, pronounced brilliantly there, but people will know him very well from absolutely just decimating uh, Adam Cullen four seconds into the third round uh, of their fight at Cage Warriors 152 uh, I believe and like when you do that to Adam Cullen everyone who's listening to this probably knows how good of a prospect Adam Cullen is you put your name out there as like one of the next guys and he's absolutely that after that and you look at Leon Hill and the run he has been on you know beating Martin Zimbella last time out but he's beaten some very good guys even as an amateur he beat the likes of Paddy McCory and, and others as well uh, on the way up he's won he's asked what five fights in a row now after giving up his debut uh, on I believe on short notice against Joshua Anwardi and you know they call him the professional uh, over in uh, over in Team KF and we, you know we spoke obviously about James Webb and all last week and about all the lads coming through uh, at Team KF and you know Leon, uh, Leon Hill is one of the guys, I almost called him Leon Edwards Leon Hill is one of the guys leading the way but this is this is one of those fights uh, that Ian Dean puts on and it's like well one of these guys is going to win and is going to be going to that next level and the other guy is going to have to drag their way back. It's such an interesting fight. Two lads 
who are not only very good technical and tactical fighters, they have knockout power, and you only have to look at their records here and on Sherdog to see that. Oh, this is an, a very interesting... This is probably an under-the-radar fight a little bit, Brad, isn't it? Very, very much so. You know, I, I've been really surprised not to see people talking about this one. You know, I know uh, James Power will, will probably mention it in, in a few minutes' time. has got a bit of a following on, on social media, so there's been a lot of talk about him and the main event, and obviously now Mason's been announced... But this is the one you don't want to miss. You know, this is the fight you need to tune in early for. Um, you know, Dimitru, uh, he was like a plus 600 or something underdog against Adam Cullen. And I remember looking at those odds and thinking, someone's going to lose a lot of money here. And it's it's, it's not going to be me. Obviously, I do not bet on Cage Warriors fights. But if I did, I'm looking at a guy like Dimitru Giolini at plus 600 and thinking, that's you know that's that's definitely worth a punt. I get it. I get why he was such an underdog against Adam Cullen. Cullen has wrecked everybody. Um, but look, outside of the knockout, he had a very very competitive first few rounds uh, with Adam Cullen. You know, it's the first time we've seen Cullen really put on the back foot. And I believe Dumitru was actually up two rounds going into the third. So it's not like he pulled some fluke knockout out of the bag from nowhere. Um, you know, he, he was ahead on the scorecards going into that third round. I'm sure we're going to see uh, Adam Cullen back in fine form later this year, but Dometry now is one to watch, you know, when you get a viral KO of that nature, people are going to be interested in your next fight. Can he pull that one out of the bag again? Well, he's got another really tough opponent in uh, in Leon Hill here. I nearly called him Leon Edwards then as well. You've uh, you put that I here. In my head. If, if you do I need that, to get that sorted for, <laughs> for, uh, for Saturday night. I'm, I'm taking credit um, for that if you do it in Coventry. No? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, as you say, uh, he, he took a very short notice fight. I believe during the, again, during the pandemic era, uh, one of those crazy weeks where we were all locked in a hotel for a week. So, it's such a strange time to make your pro debut, but he's been competing for a long time. I think he was on Cage Warriors. He fought Adam Darby, I believe, on Cage Warriors 80-something back in the day as an amateur. So, you know, he's he's been competing at high level for a long time. Uh, he went put a great streak together on, on the regional circuit, and we saw that fantastic performance uh, last time out against uh, Martin Zambala, uh, really composed in front of a big crowd. Um, despite what Bellator would have you believe, obviously. Uh, that was my fault. That was my and, picture. And, and the like... three arena <laughs> shots fired. Yeah, it was, uh, it was But all no, he looked really good. He looked really calm, really composed, uh, wasn't making mistakes. And look, this this is just an Ian Dean classic, right? Just just two guys who were on, on that upward curve and one of them is going to take a big step forward. Let's talk about James Power so because... I there's sometimes right and obviously uh, he fought Adam Shelley in his Cage Warriors debut and when it's an Irish guy you know I'm obviously looking a little bit closer at it and going back watching their opponents and it's happened to me twice now where I've been watching the opponents of an Irish guy and I went uh, oh shit <laughs> the other one was uh, Will Flory when he fought Norbert Davinia Jr <laughs> I watch some of his fights and I'm like sorry Will uh, you're not going to be winning this one I'm afraid and I actually spoke to Will about that recently and he kind of said the same thing you know but um, it was the same for Adam Shelley when I watched this I'm looking at James Warren thinking Adam Shelley is very talented and a very good fighter and he can knock anyone and look at what he did in his, his last fight after that but you go in there with James Power and then uh, I saw James Power's next fight and he's fighting Lucas Capera and I was like alright I'm not the only one who sees this Ian Dean sees it too and everyone else sees it but you described Michael P- Paggiani to me before we started recording as the Italian James Power so that immediately has got me going like oh this could be an interesting one but 
I, I like I mentioned earlier, there's a guy in this. Uh, I think could be a UFC champion down the line, and James Power is that guy. I think he's that good. I think he's an unbelievable prospect. But he's undefeated as a pro and amateur, and undefeated as a pro as well as his opponent, who's fought guys with good records. You know, fought David Moore the last time out in Vinator, as you mentioned earlier, has beaten Joshua and Wardy, who's been a very good uh, fighter on the scene for a good few years now as well. So he's absolutely no mug. You know, and you only have to look at his his methods of victory: spinning kick and ground and pound, flying knee. KOs, punches all over the place this this is a fight that anyone who's a fan of prospects should be tuning in for I, I am unbelievably excited about this one yeah Pajani's a savage he's, like, like you say you know just I always say to people don't look at people's show their records you know don't don't just look at the at the text go and watch the fights but you can get a pretty good idea from looking at this guy's record what he's all about right and that's crazy finishes um and, and then you look at james power dude's an absolute savage as well like he's like you say you, when you sometimes you see a guy early on in their career and there's just something about them where you think yeah like they've got that potential and it might not be that they're like incredibly outstanding in one specific area or they're like super charismatic or something but they've just got a bit of everything they've got a bit of the look they've got a bit of the physique they've got clearly the skill to do what they're doing in the cage and they just look like they could be dangerous and i think for me when you go back to um obviously you know the shelley fight i i, I had uh, adam shelley as the favorite going into that fight you know james power uh, as good as he is, hadn't been tested to that point. Adam Shelley was his first test uh, and obviously he passed it. Uh, but for me, you, you've got to look at that Lucas Capera fight because Capera is the test, right? He's the hard-nosed, like, you need to be good to get this guy out of there. He didn't and make it easy for, on him either, did he, Capera? He fought well. Absolutely. But but I guess my point is to make Capera sit on his stool at the end of that second round and say, nah, you know you're in with a savage 100%. and that's exactly what James Power is you know it, it's it's no surprise to me that with just two cage warriors fights under his belt he's one of the guys like when we put a post upon social media that post's getting retweeted that post is getting comments people are fans of this guy and I think after this fight we see uh, on Saturday night, I think he's going to have a few more on that list. I think it's all down to me. I was championing Jens Power before. I, I'm taking credit for Jens Power. I don't care. You ever, <laughs> I'm taking um, Well, Power's a good Irish name, isn't it? It, oh, it is. My next door neighbor is called Jens Power. So there you go. I'm probably giving away where I'm from. Now. Anyway, um, <laughs> we're, we're low on time here, Brad, but there's some very good talent uh, on the rest of this card. Anything to send out to you? The, the Zachariah versus uh, um, uh, Sylvester Miller fight. That's a very interesting fight. Um, I, I know that there's uh, a couple of the, the good up-and-comers like lads with only, you know, making their debuts or with only one or two fights and it's always interesting to, to tune in and see who's going to win. I, I know Dario Belandi is on this card as well. I think that um, people need to, to tune in for here, Brad, on the undercard that people uh, uh, might might not know about 100%. Um, well, we're hoping to have a Mikol Desegni fight on the card as well. She's always good value. Um, Naglas Kaniskauskas, uh, who's a guy up and coming in the middleweight division, got a fantastic uh, triangle choke against uh, Michael Charmy last time out, who's a terrifying striker. Uh, so he looks to be on the up in the middleweight division. And as you say, he's taken on Dario Bellandi, who's one of the one of the Italian guys who looks like he's going to be really worth keeping an eye on uh, in, in the coming years. Uh, and then you've got Sam Kelly as well, uh, taking on uh, Jean-Lucas uh, Scottoli. Uh, Sam Kelly recently, I believe at the time, he tied the fastest knockout in Cage Warriors history at 11 seconds. That was beaten uh, in Wales at 10 seconds. Week, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, Sam's an absolute savage, uh, a great finisher. We saw him uh, choke out Jack Eglin before that. 
So yeah, he's he's fighting um he's fighting an Italian guy who's been fighting for a long, long time, but he actually had nine years off uh from around twenty twelve to, to twenty twenty one, I believe. Um he he, he had a yeah, he had a a comeback fight, should we say, after that to get himself back on the right track. But he's since beaten two really, really good guys. So he's he's clearly uh, you know got a lot, a lot of life in him. He's got a lot to offer, and it's going to be a big test for Kelly against a more experienced guy. So I'm really looking forward to that one. A hundred percent. It's it's a very very good card and on a great time for Cage Warriors. We know the all the events obviously coming up for the rest of the year, and it's I love that. I love like looking ahead to see what we have and with this card, and you know, I might set up a few of the fights later on for the the other uh, Rome card uh, down uh, down the line. So uh, a lot to look forward to and a lot to watch here, Brad. Thank you very much for joining me. Thank you to everybody uh, who has tuned in today to watch from me, Sean, from Brad. Thank you very much. We'll see you all next time.